finally, after all these years, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. The Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 181 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It is Saturday, June 25th, 2022. The U.S. Supreme Court's just overruled Roe v. Wade. What else do they do? And what does it all mean? Details coming up. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, let me just share a couple of things with you here. Of note, I believe. Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Psalm 129. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. John 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Romans 12, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, let me tell you something. When I was running for governor, I would often tell people, I was hopeful, cautiously optimistic, the U.S. Supreme Court would overturn Roe v. Wade, At the end of the term in June, it was not unusual, though, for folks to respond to me in disagreement. No, no, Doc. No, they're not going to do that, man. They're not going to do that. I mean, they wanted Roe to be overturned. They just didn't believe this court would do it. They had been disappointed by some of the unfortunate decisions that Trump's appointees had made, so they no longer expected them to do the right thing. But I would always tell them the reason I thought the U.S. Supreme Court might actually vote to overturn Roe versus Wade 
when each of Trump's nominees was going through the confirmation process, it came out that they had all written critically of Roe, said it was a bad decision, whether in a, a law school review, journal, article, something like that, or a dissenting opinion in the minority in a lower federal court, one way or the other. They were all on record as believing it was wrongly decided. So the liberals were very concerned each confirmation process. So since we knew Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito were already on board to overturn Roe, if you added Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, that would give you five votes to overturn Roe versus Wade. So I was not surprised when the decision came down Friday morning. I was pleasantly surprised that Chief Justice John Roberts joined in. He has frequently voted with the liberal wing of the court. So that, that was kind of a surprise. But I'll tell you one thing, it was a great surprise. It was a great surprise. I want to share with you some of the wonderful reactions that we're getting. But first, can I just can I just read you a little bit of the opinion? And Thomas E. Dobbs, State Health Officer of the Mississippi Department of Health versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. On writ of certiori from the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, Justice Alito delivered the opinion of the court. And he said, Abortion presents a profound moral issue on which Americans hold sharply conflicting views. Some believe fervently that a human person comes into being at conception and that abortion ends an innocent life. Others feel just as strongly that any regulation of abortion invades a woman's right to control her own body and prevents women from achieving full equality. Still others, in a third group, think that abortion should be allowed under some but not all circumstances, and those within this group hold a variety of views about the particular restrictions that should be imposed. For the first 185 years after the adoption of the Constitution, each state was permitted to address this issue in accordance with the views of its citizens. Then, in 1973, this court decided Roe v. Wade. Even though the Constitution makes no mention of abortion, the court held that it confers a broad right to obtain one. It did not claim that American law or the common law had ever recognized such a right, and its survey of history ranged from the constitutionally irrelevant, its discussion of abortion in antiquity, to the plainly incorrect, its assertion that abortion was probably never a crime under the common law. After cataloging a wealth of other information having no bearing 
on the meaning of the Constitution, the opinion concluded with a numbered set of rules, much like those that might be found in a statute enacted by a legislature. Under this scheme, each trimester of pregnancy was regulated differently, but the most critical line was drawn at roughly the end of the second trimester, which at the time corresponded to the point at which a fetus was thought to achieve viability. In other words, the ability to survive outside the womb. Although the court acknowledged that states had a legitimate interest in protecting what they call potential life, it found that this interest could not justify any restriction on pre-viability abortions. The court did not explain the basis for this line, and even abortion supporters have found it hard to defend Roe's reasoning. One prominent constitutional scholar wrote that he would vote for a statute very much like the one the court ended up drafting if he were a legislator, but his assessment of Roe was memorable and brutal. He said Roe was not constitutional law at all and gave almost no sense of an obligation to try to be. At the time of Roe, 30 states still prohibited abortion at all stages. In the years prior to that decision, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation And it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. As Justice Byron White aptly put it in his dissent, the decision represented the exercise of raw judicial power. And it sparked a national controversy that has embittered our political culture for a half century. Eventually, in Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey in 1992, the court revisited Roe, but the members of the court split three ways. Two justices expressed no desire to change Roe in any way. Four others wanted to overrule the decision in its entirety, and the three remaining justices who jointly signed the controlling opinion took a third position. Their opinion did not endorse Roe's reasoning, and it even hinted that one or more of its authors might have reservations about whether the Constitution protects a right to abortion. But the opinion concluded that stare decisis, a judicial term which calls for prior decisions to be followed in most instances, required adherence to what it called Roe's central holding, that a state may not constitutionally protect fetal life before viability, even if that holding was wrong. Anything less, the opinion in the Casey case claimed, would undermine respect for this court and the rule of law. Paradoxically, the judgment in Casey 
did a fair amount of overruling. Several important abortion decisions were overruled in their entirety. And Roe itself was overruled in part. Casey threw out Roe's trimester scheme and substituted a new rule of uncertain origin under which states were forbidden to adopt any regulation that imposed an undue burden on a woman's right to have an abortion. The decision provided no clear guidance about the difference between a due burden and an undue burden, but the three justices who authored the controlling opinion called the contending sides of a national controversy to end their national division by treating the court's decision as a final settlement of the question of the constitutional right to abortion. As has become increasingly apparent in the intervening years, Casey did not achieve that goal. Americans continue to hold passionate and widely divergent views on abortion, and state legislatures have acted accordingly. Some have recently enacted laws allowing abortion with few restrictions at all stages of pregnancy. Others have tightly restricted abortion beginning well before viability. And in this case, 26 states have expressly asked this court to overrule Roe and Casey and allow the states to regulate or prohibit pre-viability abortions. Before us now is one such state law. The state of Mississippi asks us to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, several weeks before the point at which a fetus is now regarded as viable outside the womb. In defending this law, the state's primary argument is that we should reconsider and overrule Roe and Casey and once again allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens wish. On the other side, respondents and the United States Solicitor General ask us to reaffirm Roe and Casey, and they contend that the Mississippi law cannot stand if we do so. Allowing Mississippi to prohibit abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, they argue, would be no different than overruling Casey and Roe entirely. They contend that no half measures are available and that we must either reaffirm or overrule Roe and Casey. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. 
And there, Alito quotes from a decision called Washington versus Glucksburg in 1997. Alito, for the court, continues, The right to abortion does not fall within this category. Until the latter part of the 20th century, such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, three-quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. The abortion right is also critically different from any other right that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty. Roe's defenders characterized the abortion right as similar to the rights recognized in past decisions involving matters such as intimate sexual relations, contraception, and marriage. But abortion is fundamentally different, as both Roe and Casey acknowledged, because it destroys what those decisions called fetal life and what the law now before us describes as an unborn human being. Stare decisis, the doctrine on which Casey's controlling opinion was based, does not compel unending adherence to Roe's abuse of judicial authority. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. And then he quotes from the Casey case, not from the case itself, but from Justice Scalia's concurring in part of the judgment and dissenting in part. When Scalia said, the permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved like most important questions in our democracy by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. So Alito says, that is what the Constitution and the rule of law, so it goes back to the state legislatures. That is the preface, that is the opening of the court's decision. And it is a long, it is a long opinion. It goes, uh, looks, looks like over 100 pages. Now, there are some concurrences. The first concurrence is from Justice Thomas. Judge Kavanaugh also had a concurring opinion, you know, agreeing but but wanting to add in a few other things like, like just, Justice Thomas did. Chief Justice Roberts, who was one of the six voting to overturn Roe and, and Casey, also had a concurrence. A pretty long one, for that matter. And then, uh, of course, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, who had a real um, affinity for the murder of children, they had their dissent. 
You know, they didn't want states to be able to outlaw murdering babies in the womb. Yeah, that's only to be expected from them. Only to be expected. But there have been some jubilant responses. Some jubilant responses to this wonderful Supreme Court decision, and we'll get into some of that. And there have been some just nutty, upset responses. One of whom was from a guy named Dave Portnoy, uh, Barstool Sports. A guy who uh, has been on the Tucker Carlson show a number of times, but now outs himself as a... uh, a pro-abortion liberal. And some of the things he said are just so ridiculous. I'm going to have to play uh, his little statement for you uh, a little bit later on. Um, But first, we're going to get to uh, some of the just joyous, joyous responses. That's coming up first. Uh, Once again, we are so thankful for our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here. God bless y'all. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, Make your health care more expensive. Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button. You book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't 
force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 503-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thank you so much to our friends and advertisers, Jonathan Presswood and Edward Jones. Also, Art Wilborn, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, and Mitch Ward at RedRiverYourWay.com. It is a day of great celebration in the United States. And I, I just want to say something. I want to say a lot of things. Since I led the show with Scripture, you know, we, we hear a lot of times from liberals, hey, uh, separation of church and state, uh, keep your religion off my body, keep your religion out of the laws, etc., etc., etc. Well, look, where, where do you think, where do you think the idea of not murdering came from? Oh, you're you're like the uh, American Christian Taliban. Oh yeah, we're beheading people, really. Look, here's the deal. First of all, the commandment that says you shall do no murder, God meant it. That's for real. Okay? Now, there are plenty of people who don't know the Lord who are against abortion. Okay? So, you don't have to be a Christian to be against abortion. But I, I don't see how you can 
before abortion and be a Christian. That's for sure. So th- th- this deal about, well, keep your religion inside the four church walls. Uh, no, not going to do it. Our Lord commanded us to share the gospel with people. Know what I'm saying? And we're, we're not just going to keep it inside the church. We're just not. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. A lot of times we don't really think much about this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So he's commanded, you shall do no murder. That's it. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there for y'all. There have been some uh, jubilant responses to the Dobbs case. Overturning Roe. Man, I got to share this with you. I got to share this with you. Uh, There is a... um, There's a website called National Review. It goes back to the magazine that um, William F. Buckley came up with many, many years ago. And uh, they're well-known these days for being like uh, a hotbed of... uh, Never Trumpism. A lot of conservatives uh, look at them with um, a jaundiced eye. We uh, disapprove a lot of things they say, a lot of things they stand for. They've been around since 1955 when William F. Buckley started them as a... uh, hard copy magazine, many decades before the Internet. But i got to tell you, pleasant surprise from Dan McLaughlin, great never-Trumper over there at National Review, who has this article entitled, Thank You, Donald Trump. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. So what's this all about? Subtitled, Pro-Lifers Should Give Thanks Today to the People Who Got Us Here, Including Trump and McConnell. Okay? He says, Gratitude is one of the greatest of all the virtues and one of the most conservative. Gratitude for the good is constructive. To be grateful is humbling. It is harder than the posture of superiority that comes from criticism. 
when extending gratitude toward people and institutions we have criticized or crossed in the past, gratitude is also a close cousin to that great Christian virtue, forgiveness. In that spirit, with the overruling of Roe v. Wade in today's decision, in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, we should be full this day of gratitude for a great many people and groups who brought us to this pass, not all of whom lived to see the day. Others can recount the full roster, which includes activists, jurists, scholars, religious leaders, and politicians, but looking on the three critical votes on the court today that sent Roe to the dustbin of history with Plessy versus Ferguson and struck a crucial blow for restoring the rule of written law in America. We should take a particular moment to thank two Americans still very much in the political arena whose decisions made this day possible. Thank you, Donald Trump. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. Thanking either of these men is out of fashion, and there seem to be few people left who can thank both of them at once without gagging. Those of us, he says, who have been longtime critics of Trump, had, I submit, good reasons both before and after January 2021 for those criticisms. McConnell has his own critics for their own reasons. We can and will debate what others would have done in their place and whether for those who supported Trump today was worth the rest. But none of that can change these basic facts. Without what McConnell did, today does not happen. Without what Trump did, today does not happen. And so, no matter what we have said or done about either man in the past or whether we stand on them in the future, we should say, thank you. I'm sorry, I uh, I had not planned on becoming emotional. But uh, this is so unexpected. Coming from Dan McLaughlin, who goes by Baseball Crank on Twitter, over there at National Review, in light of this decision, in light of the babies that will be saved, it's uh, it's uh, it's easy to get all choked up. I'm going to try to continue. He says, consider Trump. One of the major reasons why conservatives get nervous about who leads the party is the importance of getting the judiciary right, and in particular, getting it right on Roe. Dwight Eisenhower gave us Chief Justice Earl Warren and Justice William Brennan, 
as well as the moderate Justice Potter Stewart, who was among the majority in Roe. Richard Nixon gave us Justice Harry Blackmun, the liberal author of Roe, as well as Chief Justice Warren Burger and Justice Lewis Powell, who joined the Roe opinion. Gerald Ford gave us Justice John Paul Stevens. Even Ronald Reagan went one for three on Roe among his nominees, who were actually confirmed, picking Justices Sandra Day O'Connor and Anthony Kennedy. George H.W. Bush went one for two, picking Justice David Souter. George W. Bush did better, but also went at best one and a half for two, depending upon how one scores Chief Justice John Roberts' timid half-a-loaf concurrence, which voted to uphold the Mississippi law, further erode Roe and Casey, but not reach the overruling of Roe in its entirety. Trump, on the other hand, went three for three. As his 2016 presidential campaign turned from the divisive primary to a general election in which he needed to unify the party behind him, Trump did something unprecedented in American history. He published a list of names of the kinds of judges that he would seek to put on the Supreme Court. As it turned out, none of his three Supreme Court selections were on the original list of 11 candidates and only Neil Gorsuch was added to the list before the election. Still, the list was enormously reassuring to the many pro-lifers who cast votes for Trump. Exit polls showed that voters who listed the Supreme Court as their top issue were by themselves responsible for Trump's margin of victory in 2016. Was Trump a truly sincere pro-lifer? Well, in retrospect, it scarcely mattered. Trump governed as if he was a sincere pro-lifer. He never lost sight of the fact that he owed his office to pro-lifers. He stuck by Brett Kavanaugh when Kavanaugh was slandered by rape allegations. He moved forward to nominate Amy Coney Barrett in the heat of the 2020 campaign. Whether or not others would have done the same in his shoes, Trump got the job done. For the memory of Trump's presidency, this could matter quite a lot, especially if there is no second act. Presidencies do not end when the president leaves office. Subsequent events often force us to reevaluate which of our leaders made wise, far-seeing choices and which stored up trouble for their successors. John Adams can be evaluated only once we consider the judicial legacy of John Marshall. Andrew Jackson can be assessed only when including the judicial legacy of Roger Taney. Oh, that was the guy that uh, that was the guy that did Dred Scott. Yikes! James K. Polk's acquisition of vast lands from Mexico made much of modern America, but also gave the country new territories that 
reignited the death struggle over slavery. Ulysses K. Grant's efforts to fight for black civil rights are now seen as more important than his administration's corruption scandals. Harry S. Truman's policies on the atom bomb, the Cold War, Korea, Israel, and desegregation of the army loom larger than his dismal economic policy and the cronyist hacks he put on the Supreme Court. It took decades for Lyndon Johnson to settle into the history books. George W. Bush isn't there yet. Much was written and said during Trump's presidency about his accomplishments and failings, his decisions, his fitness for office, and the six-week temper tantrum that set the stage for the January 6th Capitol riot. I wish he hadn't said that garbage. I told you the guy's a never-Trumper. He can't help himself. Anyway, he says time, and whether Trump runs again for the presidency, will tell which of those things really matter in the long run and how much. Not until each of the two parties has endured a close election loss will we truly know whether Trump's conduct after the 2020 election was a blip or a real wound to American democracy. Oh, enough with the American democracy talk. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional representative republic, you knucklehead. He can't help himself. He's doing such a great job, and he can't help himself. Anyway. He says, but today we can lay down one very large marker in Trump's favor for posterity. His three appointees to the Supreme Court brought a close to a long, dark chapter of human destruction. For that today, we can offer him our unqualified thanks. Then there is McConnell. It takes more than presidential will to confirm Supreme Court justices. There must be vacancies, there must be sympathetic senators willing to confirm, and there must be the will to turn those into votes. McConnell has helped deliver all three. The Republican Senate in 2016 prevented Barack Obama from putting Merrick Garland, an abortion enthusiast, on the court, making possible the appointment of Gorsuch and the overturning of Roe. That doesn't happen if there's no Republican majority built in the 2010 and 2014 midterms. It doesn't happen unless McConnell, as leader, decides to stop Garland and gets his caucus and the then-chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley, to go along. As I have demonstrated, McConnell had Senate precedent on his side, but it was still a dramatic step that took a serious political risk and great strength of will. McConnell's caucus returned another majority in 2016. McConnell wasn't finished maneuvering. In 2013, he warned Harry Reid that Democrats breaking the filibuster for appellate judges would invite retaliation. In 2017, McConnell backed that up, ending the filibuster of Supreme Court nominees in order to conform Gorsuch. When the Kavanaugh allegations erupted the following year, McConnell, following precedent by holding a vote before the election, again, held together his entire caucus, and Republicans again retained their majority for two more critical years, defeating three Democrat incumbents as red state 
Republican voters rallied around Kavanaugh even in a Democratic wave year. In 2020, there were again questions of Senate precedent and Senate will when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died in the fall of the election year. Some conservatives called on McConnell to wait, but he had precedent on his side again and the will to yield it. The justice casting the final vote, and today's majority was confirmed, Amy Coney Barrett. The Republican Senate, under McConnell's leadership, made a crucial difference. All nine of the justices who decided Roe were confirmed by a Democrat Senate Seven of the nine justices who decided Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992 were originally confirmed to the court by a Democrat Senate. William Rehnquist was elevated to Chief Justice by a Republican Senate in 1986. The current court, by contrast, contains five justices confirmed by a Republican Senate, Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. Four of those five were in today's majority, and the fifth concurred in the judgment. That made all the difference. So as we say to Donald Trump, we should say to Mitch McConnell, thank you. This will be a central part of your legacy. Indeed. Indeed. So thank you to Dan McLaughlin for saying thank you to Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. That was um, most unexpected. Most unexpected, but most welcome. Yes, but most welcome. Now, I, I want to share with you a, a, a lot of a lot of folks are talking about this, and there are a lot of companies that are saying they are willing to pay for abortion expenses. And um, there's a company called Public Square that is keeping track of them and letting you know in the whole go woke, go broke idea. And there is this long list, long list of companies saying, hey, we'll pay for abortion expenses. Why? Probably because they'd rather pay for that than uh, maternity. They'd rather pay for that than, um, well, I don't know, family leave. Yeah. So the um, these companies, they're acting like... Uh, They're acting like nervous boyfriends who want to pay to get rid of the uh, the problem. Okay? Michael Seifert, S-E-I-F-E-R-T. Over there on Twitter, he's the guy that put together this uh, this company called Public Square, Connecting Freedom-Loving Americans. And boy, does he have a list of these companies 
that are saying they will pay for their employees to have abortions. Disney, Expedia, Dick's Sporting Goods, PayPal, Bank of America, Patagonia, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibank, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, CVS, Biogen, Yelp, Cigna, T-Mobile, Airbnb. And Michael Seifert says, stop giving them your money. Give it to the businesses at Public Square. They respect the right to life. So if you want to go find out about this, well, Public Square is on Twitter at official PSQ. But the website is publicsq.com. Publicsq.com. And um, it's just remarkable. Get started, put your email in there, add your business. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And the tweet at the top of their um, Twitter profile says, after nearly 50 years and over 60 million babies tragically aborted, the atrocity of Roe v. Wade has finally been overturned. We at Public Square love freedom for all people, born and unborn. Every human, whether in the womb or not, should have the their rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness protected. And today was a huge step in that direction. God bless Michael Seifert and Public Square. Yeah, we got a, um, I just want to give them a shout out. You know what I'm saying? I just want to give them a shout out big time. Now, um, this Dave Portnoy over Barstool Sports, He's just a mess. He's so upset that the Supreme Court ruled that it might be possible now for some states to actually pass laws to protect babies from being dismembered in the womb. And this guy has been on Fox News a lot. So anyway, I'm going to play you what he said, and I'm going to intersperse that with some commentary coming right up. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, 
Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thank you again so much to our friends, Doctors J.R. and Tanya Crabtree, Arkansas Cervical Center, my doctors, and uh, Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, my attorney. Appreciate you guys being advertisers and supporting the Doc Washburn Show. All right, now there's something wrong with Dave Portnoy. Um, yeah, he was all flustered. Dave Portnoy has been on the Tucker Carlson show a number of times on Fox News. He's got this thing called Barstool Sports where they talk about sports, and he's supposed to be some kind of conservative, free market kind of guy. Sounds like a big old lib here. I'm going to reserve the right to to break in with my commentaries. Okay, emergency press conference. Emergency press conference. Well, where's the press? It's just Dave doing like a Facebook Live thing in his apartment. There, there's no press. It's not a press conference. Uh, Roe versus Wade just got overturned. No, it's not Roe versus Wade. It's Roe versus Wade. He sounds frantic. Let me start by saying this is a Dave Portnoy press conference. This doesn't reflect Barcel, all right? Barcel is 300 whatever people. Okay, so it doesn't reflect his uh, website, but he's the guy that started the whole thing. He's a guy that's making a lot of money off the whole thing. I wonder how much money Dave Portnoy is making off this thing. And... Um, what a chance he's taken by getting into this uh, very controversial position here. 
Wait, what? Um. Wikipedia says in November 2021, a Business Insider special, a Business Insider expose. alleged that Dave Portnoy had engaged in violent and aggressive sexual encounters with three young women and further that he had filmed them without their consent. Portnoy fractured the rib of one of those women during sex, which he admitted to. He admitted to causing the injuries but denied that the sex was non-consensual Portnoy called the article a hit piece, arguing that Business Insider had tried to find evidence of wrongdoing from him for approximately eight months. In early February 2022, more sexual assault and harassment claims by young women were published in another article in Business Insider. After these new allegations were made, Portnoy subsequently announced a lawsuit against the publication. He continues to claim that the many reports were false and, det- and defamatory. Well, we'll see where the uh, the lawsuit goes. You know, one of them's probably going to win. Either Portnoy's going to win or Business Insider's going to win. But he sounds very, very nervous and frantic here in his little um, Facebook Live or Skype or Telegram or Zoom or whatever he did this on today. They all may think certain ways. It's just me, how I feel. I feel like I have to speak on this issue. I already talked about it a little bit. To me, this is just pure insanity. Pure insanity. We are going backwards in time. We are literally going backwards in time. Okay, here's where Dave Portnoy demonstrates that he doesn't understand the meaning of the word literally. It is literally impossible to go backwards in time. Literally means in a literal manner or sense. Exactly. Okay. So let's uh, let's look at what the word literal means then. Let's get Webster's. Let's get the definition here. Literal, taking words in their usual or most basic sense without metaphor or allegory. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you're not going backwards in time. Um, literal, like rep- reproduce word for word. Literal is like exact. Literally is like exactly. So you're not exactly going backwards in time. Literal, in accordance with involving or being the primary or strict meaning of the word or words, not figurative or metaphorical. Dave Portnoy is not too bright. Not too bright. We're literally going backwards in time? No. You can't do that, Dave. Um, to quote the great philosopher 
Steve Miller of the Steve Miller Band. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Now, he wasn't speaking literally, Dave. He was speaking metaphorically. You know? But it keeps going forward. You can't make it go backwards, Dave. No matter what a court decides, you just can't go backwards, literally. But you can literally demonstrate that you don't understand what the word literally means, and and you have done that to a T, my man. It makes no sense how anybody thinks it's their right to tell a woman what to do with her body. Now... That is ironic. That is ironic for a guy to say that when there are all these allegations against him that allege that he's done exactly that with women. But hey, maybe none of the allegations are true. Maybe he'll win his lawsuit against Business Insider. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see what happens. But the irony is so thick you can cut it with a knife. Now, that's not literal, Dave. That's uh, that's metaphorical, Dave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you knucklehead. And I don't mean that literally. Uh, <laughs> all right. Just don't get it. To take away the ability to make informed decisions on how they want to live their lives is bananas. I know people will be like, well, no, it's a constitutional issue. They're just giving it to the states. Well, like what, 20 states are saying they're going to overturn it right away? Overturn what, Dave? The U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe. He doesn't understand much of anything, does he? Much of anything political. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure that he understands certain sports better than I do, but that's not what we're talking about here, is it? And what if you're poor in that state and you can't go to another state and things like that? It's just nuts to me. It's just nuts to him that some states are going to make it against the law to dismember babies, to rip them limb from limb. That's just nuts. Dave just hates that. Not to mention the same people are saying, you know, they want to take it away and overturn it are also like, you got to protect guns because of the Constitution. Yep. The Second Amendment, your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's in the Constitution. There, There is no right to abortion in the Constitution. I doubt Dave is ever going to read the uh, opinion from today. But Dave doesn't understand much. And his ignorance is being displayed, literally. (laughs) At what point do you look at the Constitution and say, hey, this was written by people who had slaves? Um, Okay, the Constitution was written by people, some of whom had slaves, all of whom looked forward to the day when that uh, institution, which has been around for thousands of years, would no longer be in effect in the United States. What does that have to do with the fact that there is no right to abortion in the Constitution? 
Dave doesn't know. Dave doesn't care. Dave sounds like, see, I hope I'm wrong. Sounds like the kind of guy who wants to reserve the right to be able to pay for a woman's abortion. Especially one that he may have impregnated. Now, Dave, you live in Massachusetts. I don't think it's going to be a problem, Skippy. But uh, he admitted to fracturing the rib of a woman during sexual relations, but denied that this was non-consensual. Dave, I don't know, man. You're straining my credulity. That's a metaphor, Dave. It's not literal. Maybe not everything is exactly to a T in the Constitution. What does that mean, Dave? Maybe not everything is exactly to a T in the Constitution. Maybe he'll explain. Let's let him go. Like a million years from now, you're going to use a document written in the... It's just nuts. In what world? The world evolves. People evolve. Technology evolves. You've got to evolve. No. No, you really don't. So, if Dave, is Dave calling for doing away with the Constitution? That sounds kind of like insurrection to me. Maybe we should have a uh, a June twenty fourth committee to subpoena Dave Portnoy and ask him what 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 do you mean? You can't stick with this document and look at that and be like that's the end all be all. It, it, it's literally crazy pills. It's literally crazy pills. Well, Dave, again, you don't understand the meaning of the word literally. Let me see. Crazy pills. I wonder if I type in crazy pills, I could find out what he's talking about. Uh, Well, the first thing that comes up is is a song out there on the, on the YouTube and the Spotify. That doesn't help. Um, let me see. Well, Urban, Urban Dictionary, maybe. Crazy pills. Pills mentioned in Zoolander, the movie Zoolander, in which people appear to go crazy, have recently been used by two crazy girls annoying a guy known as Lonely Chase. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Crazy pills. Pills you take because... You're a psycho. Crazy pills. Generally, any antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication, especially when prescribed and taken every day. Crazy pills is a lighthearted, self-deprecating way of talking about these medications with close friends, trusted acquaintances, etc., without bringing the associated unnecessary social stigma along for the ride. If used in conversation with a person you do not know, the intended meaning may be lost. Common examples, Zoloft, Lexapro, Wellbutin. Wellbutrin. Oh, I, I, I knew somebody one time took a couple of those. Yeah, Lexapro, Wellbutrin, yeah, 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 I remember that. So those are crazy pills. So Dave Portnoy is saying that the Supreme Court's decision is literally Zoloft, Lexapro, or Wellbutrin. Well, that doesn't make any sense, Dave. Well, you're not making much sense because you're panicked. 
you're paranoid. But here's more. This is coming from somebody who consistently is like, the U.S. is the best country in the world by a mile. I still believe it. But we're going backwards. And the left and the right suck so bad. Like, the left hates me. The, the woke left, the liberals are crazy. They're insane people. What's that have to do with this uh, Supreme Court decision overturning Roe and Casey and sending the abortion issue back to state legislatures, Dave? Yet, I end up having to vote for a moron like Biden. <clears throat> you have to vote for a moron like Biden. Really? Because the right is going to put Supreme Court people in who are just ruining this country and taking basic rights away. So, protecting babies from being ripped limb from limb in the womb is ruining this country, taking basic rights away. Dave, you sound like a dangerous kind of guy to me, literally. You sound like a guy who uh, has no uh, concern for your fellow man, literally. You sound like a guy who believes that might makes rights, a guy who believes that violence is the solution to an unplanned pregnancy. Pregnancy, Dave. That's, that sounds dangerous to me, bro. I honestly believe 95% of the people in the country think like me. Oh, man. You are so deluded. Literally. You don't think that, Dave. You're, you're, you're not thinking much, man. You're just talking through your feels, man. This is emotion talking. And maybe some crazy pills. I don't know, Dave. Are you on Zoloft? Lexapro, Wellbutrin? Just curious, Dave. They're like, they're liberally, they're, they're socially liberal, and they're financially conservative. Oh, wait, you're in Massachusetts. Well, probably most people there do. But you ought to get out more, bro. They like 90% of what Republicans, they don't like the woke culture and all this craziness. But then you look at what they're doing, and it's like you're taking away basic rights. What's next? Same-sex marriage? Like What is next? It's insane. Well, again, there's no right to same-sex marriage in the Constitution. Obersfell was decided wrongly. You know, if a state legislature wants to be crazy enough to say two guys or two gals can get married or, you know, two gals and a guy, two guys and a gal, whatever. But the 10th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says that the uh, things that are not specifically spelled out, enunciated, elucidated, whatever word you want to use, U.S. Constitution as being the privy of the federal government, those things remain with the states and or the people. Dave doesn't know any of this. He's probably never read the Constitution. Doesn't sound too interested. He sounds more interested in the idea of being able to continue getting over on vulnerable women. And, you know, and paying for the destruction of any babies that he might uh, that he might father. That's why we have to vote for the morons like Biden, who's borderline incompetent. Morons like Biden are borderline incompetent. Dave, how much does uh, gas cost in Massachusetts? 
How about milk, eggs, butter, hamburger meat, bacon? Borderline incompetent, Dave. Sounds like the crazy pills are pretty strong with you, bruh. Because it's too dangerous to vote Republican. Too dangerous if you want to continue to have your way with who knows how many women and pay for how many abortions. That's what it sounds like, Dave. Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong, Dave. Like, what the f*** are we doing? Wake up. Wide awake, Dave. The problem here is you, man. The problem here is you. So I've I've had just about enough of Dave Portnoy. I'll tell you what. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Hi, hi, hi. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA, the Belize and Freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to. Online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental U.S. Today's tweet of the day is from a guy named Tyler Fisher, who I'm pretty sure is a comedian. He says, I'd go to the My Body, My Choice protest tonight. But I'm not vaccinated, so wouldn't be welcome there. Oh! And he says, I'm also pregnant, so probably not safe for me or the baby. Oh! That's funny. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mitch Ward and the folks at RedRiverYourWay.com for making it possible. Making it possible for us to do what we do every day. All right, I got some more audio. Anna Navarro. Anna Navarro used to work in several different uh, several different Republican administrations and or campaigns. The one who told uh, creepy porn lawyer Michael Avenatti that she thought he was like the Holy Spirit because he was everywhere all the time, which meant that he came on CNN a lot. Anna Navarro, now just between you and me, I don't want this getting out, but... She's she's not the sharpest knife in the firmament or the brightest bulb in the drawer, okay? She um she owns up to things sometimes that I'm thinking if she cared anything at all about the image she's portraying, there are certain things that she Probably wouldn't say. But don't think she does care about the image she puts out there. Because of some of the stuff she says, bro, I ain't going to lie, is really, really rough. It's incriminating, I believe. Incriminating. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I forget. Is she on CNN or MSNBC? What difference does it make? Here she is. Oh, it's CNN. Because Allison Camerata, she was on her show. 
And this is less than a minute and a half, so bear with me. I am not anybody to tell you what you need to do with your life or with your uterus. And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids. I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old. And I know what that means financially, emotionally, physically for a family. And I know not all families can do it. And I have a step-granddaughter who was born with Down syndrome. And you know what? It is very difficult difficult in Florida to get services. It is not as easy as it sounds on paper. And I've got another, another step-grandson who is uh, very autistic, who has autism and it is incredible. And, I, and their mothers and, and people who are in that society or in that community will tell you that they considered suicide because that's how difficult it is to get help because that's how lonely they feel. Because they- All right, that's enough of that. The, the point is she's implying that she wishes that relatives of hers were dead. The point is that she likes the idea of uh, aborting babies who are going to be disabled. That's the point. So she's a monster. That's it. She's a monster. But she fits right in on CNN. Fits right in on CNN. Okay. Um, next, somebody, uh, somebody put this out on Twitter, how it all started. Joe Biden was the chair, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee when they did the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings, right? And so, um, we got clips of the confirmation hearing and then, going to clips from a uh, documentary about Clarence Thomas asking what he thought when he had to sit there and take this garbage from dementia Joe Biden. Well, even though he didn't have dementia then. It went something like this. Finding out what you mean when you say that you would apply the natural law philosophy to the Constitution is, in my view, the single most important task of this committee. Senator Biden was very focused on natural law. How did that go? Who knows? I have no idea what he was talking about. I just want to make sure we all know what we're talking about here, that you and I know at least what we're talking about here. There's a fervent and aggressive school of thought that wishes to see natural law further inform the Constitution than it does now. Argued against by the positivist led by Judge Bork. Now, again, that may be lost on all the people. You know and I know what we're talking about. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I see you sit there and you have no idea what they are talking about. All I know is that he was asking me these questions about natural law. Someone may apply it in a way, like Moore, who leads him in a direction that is, quote, liberal. You may apply it in a way that leads you in a direction that's conservative. Or you may, like many argue, not apply it at all. But it is a fundamental question that is going to be almost impossible for non-lawyers to grasp in an exchange. But you know and I know it is a big, big deal. And in conclusion, one of the things you do in hearings is you have to sit there and look attentively at people you know have no idea what they're talking about. 
and it was fine. I understood what he was trying to do. I didn't really appreciate it. You point out Natural law was nothing more than a way of tricking me into talking about abortion. Well, you know, since many Catholic moral philosophers saw the two things as intimately related. There you go. There you go. Now, speaking of Biden, speaking of Biden, did you know that back in the day, Biden kind of tried to pass himself off as a a pro-lifer? Did you know that? Yeah. By the way, uh, Molly Hemingway over the Federalist said about uh, Dave Portnoy using women and violently killing your offspring is unmanly. Yep, that's Dave. Dave Portnoy. Uh, Dan Bongino said about Dave Portnoy's little temper tantrum there, horrifyingly uninformed and ridiculous take, embarrassed you would put this out there. Yep. Okay, here we go. And, and, and thank you to David Harsani. Senior editor of The Federalist, for doing the yeoman's work and putting this stuff together. In 1992, Joe Biden proposed a constitutional amendment that would overturn Roe v. Wade and allow states to choose their own policies on abortion. In 1994, Joe Biden bragged that he had voted against abortion funding on 50 separate occasions. He voted for uh, bans on partial birth abortion twice. June 5th, 2019, Joe Biden reaffirmed his 40-plus year support for the Hyde Amendment. June 6th, 2019, after some criticism on Twitter, Biden reversed his 40-year support and denounced the Hyde Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. So how about them apples? How about that? Now, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton put out a statement today. Well, in the last 24 hours. Statement from President Clinton on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. Here's what he said. Today's opinion by the Supreme Court on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization is wrong on the merits, wrong for women and their ability to make their own health care decisions, and wrong for what it means for the future of our country. This decision puts partisanship ahead of precedent, ideology ahead of evidence, and the power of a small minority ahead of the clear will of the people. This jarring removal of rights that had long been guaranteed, along with decisions gutting the Voting Rights Act and abolishing any judicial remedy for admittedly unconstitutional gerrymandering by state legislatures and abuses of power by federal authorities, has put our democracy at risk 
in the hands of a radical activist court. We all must urge lawmakers at both the state and federal level to pass legislation that will guarantee a woman's right to choice and her reproductive care. Oh, oh, not in whether she has to take a, a vax, right, Bill? And we must vote in every election for leaders who will defend, not deny, our cherished rights and liberties and confirm judges who will put their duty to uphold the Constitution ahead of their ideology, partisanship, and obsession to control. Now, I think it's fascinating about uh, how he's saying we must vote for these kinds of people in the elections. Bill Clinton came back home to Arkansas in 2014. Um, shortly after I got to Arkansas. And he campaigned for Democrats running for U.S. Congress. He campaigned for incumbent Democrat Senator, uh, what was the guy's name? I can't remember his name. The guy that Tom Cotton beat, Mark... uh, can't say his name. Anyway, mental block. Campaign for the Democrat candidate for governor. Anyway, all of the people lost. All the people he campaigned for lost. It was hilarious. So he's telling us. He's telling Mark Pryor. Pryor. He's telling us what we have to vote for. Anyway, there was a remarkable response to Bill Clinton's statement on the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe. A guy said, we want your statement on why you flew 27 times on Lolita Express. Oh! Yeah, good buddies at uh, Epstein. Good buddies at Jeffrey Epstein. How about that? Yeah. Um, Good luck. Good luck getting an answer on that. Not going to happen. Not even going to happen. But, I mean, nice response, in my humble opinion. And you're entitled to it. Malika Andrews over ESPN, who embarrassed herself by saying horrible things about Kyle Rittenhouse when he... um, had to shoot three people, two of whom died from their wounds in self-defense. Now she's just so upset about this Supreme Court decision decision overturning Roe. Malika Andrews at ESPN. Have you ever seen somebody so angry that they contort their mouth into weird um, positions? Did Joe Pesci do that in Goodfellas? She uh, looks very, very odd on camera. She is overwhelmed with emotion. She looks like she's on the verge of tears simply because some states might be able to pass laws protecting babies from being dismantled, from being dismembered. Malika Andrews on ESPN can hardly 
contain her rage. Yesterday, the sports world celebrated the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which bans discrimination based on gender and education, including sports. By the way, Title IX is what the Biden regime is gutting by uh, forcing men who are pretending to be women into women's sports. But today... The Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, declaring that the constitutional right to abortion, upheld for nearly a half century, no longer exists. There is no constitutional right to abortion. There never has been. There's nothing in the Constitution about abortion. But she doesn't care. In less than 24 hours, we celebrated equal rights for women, and now we react to women's reproductive rights being taken away. They can't really talk about what it is, so they use euphemisms. They can't say chopping up babies, so they use the euphemism women's reproductive rights. Sue Bird tweeted gutted in response to the news, and LeBron James retweeted former President Barack Obama, including this. Today, the Supreme Court not only reversed nearly 50 years of precedent, it relegated the most intensely personal decision someone can make to the whims of politicians attacking the essential freedoms of millions of Americans. Josh Hart wrote to the women in this country, I'm sorry. The Seattle Storm tweeted in part, people have won the freedom to buy guns with impunity while women have lost the freedom to decide their own future. I'm sick of this. By the way, uh, ironic that one woman said gutted. I looked up gutted to take out the intestines and other internal organs of a fish or other animal before cooking it. Uh, informal definition, cause someone to feel extremely upset or disappointed. Yeah, uh, I'm done. I'm done. Her own ignorance and prejudices are on display there. That's it's it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Jackie Spire and Ayanna Presley are both Democrat U.S. Congresswomen. They seem to be calling for uh, violence. There is a war out there, and we need to recognize that we've got to armor up. That's right. This is not a drill. Got to armor up, huh? There's a war out there, huh? Well, I know that... um, there's been a lot of violence at the Arizona State Capitol this this evening. I wonder uh, if we get an update what's going on there. A left-wing mob angry about the overturning of Roe v. Wade attempted to break their way into the Arizona State Capitol. In Phoenix, while lawmakers were in session, the mob was dispersed by Department of Public Safety who fired off tear gas. It looks like an insurrection. Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend said abortion protesters were holding her and other lawmakers hostage inside the Capitol building in Phoenix. Yeah, that's messed up. Tear gas was used to disperse. 
That's messed up. Arizona State Senate put out this press release. Law enforcement prevents insurrection of state Senate while lawmakers continue the people's work. That's messed up. So now the New York, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, had some things to say about the Supreme Court decision. I was 15, and I just got home from being arrested, and Linda came to me, and she said, Eric, I'm pregnant. And look at your life. And it was my desire automatically just to say, Linda, keep the baby. Wait, it's a baby? Talking about a baby here? I thought it was a clump of cells or a fetus or something. Keep the baby. She said, Eric, you arrested, not going to school. What future is this baby going to have? The baby. He admits it's a baby they're talking about killing. And she made the decision that was smart for both of us. Murder was a smart decision, according to the current mayor of New York City. Y'all need to get out of those big cities now. She made the right call. It is written, you shall do no murder. Because she was empowered. She was in control. Yeah, the baby sure didn't have a say-so. Some years later, when Jordan mom was pregnant. Jordan mom? He's got a son named Jordan. Um, Jordan's mother was Eric Adams' former girlfriend, Christina Coleman. Perhaps he means some years later when Jordan's mom. What is this, Jordan mom? It's a weird way of speaking. She made the determination she wanted to have a son. Oh. So that's just as right as deciding to kill the baby. Oh, I see. She made the determination because she was empowered to make that determination. This guy is evil. Don't kid ourselves. Don't kid ourselves? This is the erosion and destruction of the ability of women to have and be empowered. Five men who could never conceive. Whoa, wait a minute. Five men who could never conceive? Made a determination on what will happen to the women of this city and country. Every decision not to have a child comes with it a story. Five men who could never conceive? My good friend Robert Spencer over Jihad Watch said on Twitter, Wow, what a transphobic statement, Mr. Mayor. Men can never conceive why you bigoted racist. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin III his statement on the Supreme Court's ruling, he says, nothing is more important to me or to this department than the health and well-being of our service members, the civilian workforce, and DOD families. I am committed to taking care of our people and ensuring the readiness and resilience of our force. The department is examining this decision closely and evaluating our policies to ensure 
We continue to provide seamless access to reproductive health care as permitted by federal law. The great Colonel Rob Manis, 32-year U.S. Air Force combat vet and enlisted EOD, responded, let me help you out, SecDef. Federal law prohibits use of your personal, uh, pardon me, federal law prohibits use of your personnel, funds, or facilities for abortion. That's it. That's what's up. Merrick Garland says the Biden DOJ strongly disagrees with the Supreme Court Roe decision, and he also says we stand ready to work with other arms of the federal government that seek to use their lawful authorities to protect and preserve access to reproductive care, and particularly the FDA has approved the use of the medication mifepristone. States may not ban mifepristone based on disagreement with the FDA's expert judgment about its safety and efficacy. That's um, mifepristone, commonly known as the abortion pill. Well, maybe they will ban it, brother. Maybe they will ban it, buddy. Daniel Horowitz, the great Daniel Horowitz over the blaze, says, Blue states banning hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin hold my beer. Y'all know anything about the woman who started Planned Parenthood? Some of the stuff she said. Like no woman shall have the legal right to bear a child and no man shall have the right to become a father without a permit for parenthood. How about this? Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood. She said the most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. How about this? She said the most urgent problem today is how to limit and discourage the overfertility of the mentally and physically defective. How about this? No more children should be born when the parents, though healthy themselves, find that their children are physically or mentally defective. How about this? We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. She said it. She said it. Planned Parenthood is white supremacism. All this garbage about the Democrats and Republicans switched places after the Civil Rights Bill passed. No, no. No. That's ridiculous. What, the Republicans called up the Democrats in Congress said, hey, why don't we trade places? We're tired of being the ones that aren't racist. No. Huh, huh. No, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Never happened. You've been listening to episode 181 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is, Saturday, 
June 25th, 2022.